This is the Get the Game Plan podcast hosted by the Louisiana Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, our GOSEP. I'm Mike Steele, the Communications Director for GOSEP. Thank you for joining us. Those of us here in Louisiana and those of you in many other parts of the country and the world continue to fight the spread of COVID-19. The coronavirus efforts have been difficult, but we are making progress as we move into May. This is also the time of year we start to focus on the upcoming hurricane season, which starts June 1st. The experts predict an above-average hurricane season this year, but as we often say, it only takes one. On today's podcast, we will speak with one of our most experienced local emergency managers in the state about plans for this hurricane season, while factoring in the needs associated with stopping the coronavirus spread. Before we get started with our interview, we'd like to start each episode with emergency preparedness information. If you are feeling overwhelmed with stress, fear, and anxiety about the uncertainty surrounding this public health emergency, there is a special Keep Calm Through COVID hotline you can call. This connects you to trained, compassionate counselors who can offer support and who can direct you to mental health and substance abuse counseling services. Call 866-310-7977. This service is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Again, that's 866-310-7977. Trained counselors will be available and all calls are confidential. Moving on to today's interview, Dick Grimiaw is Director of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness for Calcasieu Parish. He was born in Alexandria and has resided in Lake Charles since 1989. He's a graduate of Alexandria Senior High and Northwestern State University in Natchitoches. Dick is certified as a Louisiana Emergency Manager. He's a professional member of Louisiana Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness Directors Association he spent 41 years in insurance claims and has 13 years experience with US F&G Insurance Company as a claim supervisor. Sir, thank you for joining us today. Hey Mike, how's it going today? Good. So obviously we're recording this episode in May, which is the time most emergency managers, especially in the Gulf Coast region, are, are kind of ramping up for hurricane season. Uh, from a local perspective, what do you see happening and, and how is this uh, making you adjust your plans with everything going on uh, with the COVID-19 fight right now? Well, I think there's some obvious things and then maybe a few that aren't so obvious. But the obvious thing is right now we're in really in full swing on this COVID virus issue. And I think most of the emergency managers are probably uh, tied up doing that as opposed to spending a long, large amount of time doing uh, hurricane planning. In addition to that, our EOC is um, is only partially functional because of the social distancing. We've only got X amount of square feet to fit everything into, so we're um, thinking about how are we going to do briefings and uh, how do we let our partners know, how do we let the public know. Uh, a lot of the things we would normally do during this time of year uh, are not going to get done right right at this time. 
Is there any message for the public on what they should be doing on an individual level or family level? Well, Mike, uh, what we always tell people here in, in southwest Louisiana, if you live in this part of the world, you need to be prepared uh, 365 days a year because as you, we had some bad weather. We had a tornado uh, two nights ago here. Uh, and, and so we have those kind of threats year-round here. Uh, but in particular for hurricane season, it's a standard thing that we always recommend to people. The supplies and things are obvious, but with everything that's going on, we'll be asking people to do some additional uh, family planning as far as think of a place you can go uh, that would be safe, communicating that to your family and friends, and maybe just spend some extra time doing that. We, you know, A lot of people uh, have some spare time on their hands, and this is something you could be doing uh, before hurricane season gets here. With uh, a lot of the plans for evacuations, you know, different states have different uh, uh, routines that they follow. Uh, one of the things that may be kind of unique about Louisiana is a lot of the evacuation orders kind of originate at the local level here, at the parish level. Uh, is there anything you want to tell the public about if those plans are, are modified this year, giving giving everything going on with the COVID fight? Um, I think I think the, the declaration would remain the same. Um, you know, obviously, we're all looking at our timelines right now, and I think everyone is thinking we're going to have to get started early on the warnings on these hurricanes, and some of those uh, times may be so far out that, that it would be uh, not inaccurate but not precise. Uh, you know, for example, if we had to move an evacuation decision from 72 hours out to 120 hours out, uh, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty on where that hurricane would be going at that point. Timing is everything in this line of work. And we always talk about those things. There's so many different scenarios that if you have, you know, kind of an early season storm compared to a August or September storm, you know, the the circumstances and some of the social distancing and everything may be completely right. different uh, based on that timing. Uh, one of the things we tried to convey to the public, especially, uh, as we approach hurricane season, is that all of these uh, safety guidelines will be part of the decision-making process, I guess, as we work with you guys on the local level, that if yeah, evacuations well, are ordered, those factors will be considered as well. Yeah, for, for example, one of our plans we have here is a transportation plan for people who either have no transportation or, or uh, you know, transportation that they may not be able to get them to their destination. And we we have a, on our list here currently probably about 2,500 people like that. Uh, we would normally use a 44-passenger school bus, and people would bring their luggage, and we might put 30 people on a 44-passenger bus with the rest of the space being used for luggage and things. Uh, with social distancing, that number, that 30 number, may get down as low as, you uh, know, know 12 to 15 people per bus which is going to be a tremendous strain on our resources mm -hmm. and you have the corresponding issue of when they get to where they're going and there's a shelter the shelter is going to need you know numbers i'm seeing roughly two and a half to three times the amount of space per person as they would normally use during uh, a time when we weren't having a, a pandemic if if there's uh, an elderly couple or, or someone maybe with some uh, underlying health issues right now, 
is there any message you would like to get them as far as if evacuation orders are given, uh, any message to them about uh, maybe a safe practice to kind of follow with those uh, directions? Well, obviously, uh, planning, you know, like we talked about already, planning is essential for people with special needs or maybe older people like that. Uh, You know, I think we would ask uh, families in particular to be helping with those uh, plans. It's going to be, you know, it's tough to move special needs patients. Uh, It's something, uh, you know, that we think that families would be better suited for that. So, we just need to have some very early planning on that. All right. Great advice. And kind of going back over the past couple of years, a lot of people across the state may not realize this, but uh, even going back to Hurricane Harvey uh, in 2017, uh, Louisiana actually helped rescue uh, thousands of people kind of along that corridor between, uh, you know, the Texas-Louisiana line and, and Houston along that I-10 corridor. And, and one of the first stops for most of those people was in Calcasieu Parish. So you guys always run a very uh, thorough, robust, you know, uh, shelter operation. And so hopefully we'll see those same kind of things happen this year, you know, modified, of course. Uh, we, but we, tip, we typically don't uh, shelter people here locally, but with the situation being the way it is, that may uh, change this year. And after Harvey, which Harvey was a good test of what the capability was, after Harvey, we came up with a, um, our local sheltering plan. So we do have that in our hip pocket. Uh, we're hoping we're not, not going to have to use that, but we do have some plans for uh, converting uh, to do some sheltering locally here if we have to. Well, I know there was a lot of positive comments from the people of Texas and, and even the people in in our portion of the state that had to evacuate with that event. So uh, we appreciate everything you guys do, and we appreciate working with you guys uh, yeah, on these types of factors. That that was a tremendous event. We And, and numbers-wise, we rescued a little over 5,000 people from uh, southeast Texas. And, of course, we brought them back here and, and triaged them, and then they were sent on to other uh, shelters around the state. But it, it was a tremendous operation. You're correct on that. All right. The last thing, I know you guys have had uh, uh, a pretty comprehensive testing uh, operations going on uh, in, in Calcasieu Parish over the past few days. Any update on those uh, testing sites and, and how things are going? Yeah, we we ran a more traditional type site for uh, five weeks, and that was with the uh, condition that you had to, had to have a medical uh, problem, 100.4 degree fever and one other uh, issue. And we tested about 450 people over that five-week period. Now, we've moved to phase two testing, which they're calling now community-based testing. And we're uh, getting the, the uh, test kits from the state now for through FEMA, I guess. And we're able to move these sites around. Uh, we, we've uh, done Lake Charles uh, two days and so for uh, one day and then we're moving around to the other cities in the parish next week but so far just on the three test days we've already tested uh, around uh, 316 people Uh, so by the next test day we're liable to surpass our uh, our tests that we did for the whole five weeks prior to that that's great news and and we know the further 
we go along in this COVID-19 fight, uh, if, if things kind of stay the way they are, that testing is going to be uh, kind of the key to a, a lot of uh, activity right. we're allowed to yep. uh, kind of move forward with. By the end of, by the end of today, we'll have, we, we will have done about 750 tests. Wow. That's good news. Just through our, just through our testing site. That doesn't include all the private testing or whatever that's being done. We've been speaking with Dick Grimiaud, the Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness Director for Calcasieu Parish. Thanks for taking time out with us today, and good luck moving forward. Okay, thanks. Uh, good talking to you. We'll now move to the emergency resource segment for this episode. In accordance with Governor John Bell Edwards' COVID-19 proclamation released on May 1st, 2020, any outdoor religious and places of worship venue must adhere to strict mitigation standards in preventing the spread of COVID-19. The general operating matrix will require spacing of groups, limiting concentration of people, and strict use of PPE along with frequent sanitizing. The Louisiana State Fire Marshal's Office is providing guidance on the current standards and likely will be offering future guidance on these topics and regulations as they change. Check out the Louisiana Fire Marshal's Facebook and Twitter accounts for more information or go to the office website at sfm.dps.louisiana.gov. That's sfm.dps.louisiana.gov. Look under the press release section. Thank you for joining us for our Get a Game Plan podcast. Please encourage others to share this resource and subscribe. We want to thank Calcasieu Parish Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness Director Dick Grimial for joining us. Don't forget to check out the resources we mentioned. You can find more preparedness information on getagameplan.org. We also want to thank producer Troy Perez and the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA, for use of their studio Sign up to be an organ donor today. Find out more at donatelifela.org. They also have a great podcast titled The Gifted Life Podcast. You can find out more on most of the topics we talked about today on GOSEP's Facebook and Twitter accounts. Remember, get a game plan. On behalf of the staff at GOSEP, thanks for joining us. Stay safe, mask up. We'll have a new episode available next month. This podcast is produced in partnership with LOPA and the Gifted Life Podcast. Find out more about organ, eye, and tissue donation by listening to the Gifted Life Podcast at thegiftedlife.org or download it from your favorite podcast app.